You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent Nichols in the house. You're about to get a full-on double dose of overwrought NCAA National Championship playoff coverage. Yes. Brandon. Yes. Tell me one thing that you know for certain about this year's playoff. There's going to be two ACC teams in the Dude, playoff. Yeah, he's cut out of the conversation. <laughs> I just knew that would get you going. Go ahead, Trent. By the way, one I might thing be, that you I'm, know. Uh, I might still be a little tipsy from last I'm, night. Kane's you game. obviously are. One thing that I know is that tomorrow night when they announce or tonight when they announce it, Miami will be the number one seed right now. I'll buy that for a nickel. Hey, my last name is Nickel. What did they do to do that, though, Trent? I like that, but what did they do? A lot of people in the country do not understand how good of a football team Virginia is. They just had a really tough schedule, I think, this year. ACC has been top-heavy. Wouldn't you agree with that, Chris? I would agree with that. But they've had to, I think, play all these teams. So you think that Alabama's win at Mercer and Miami's win at Virginia – that the strength of schedule and as good as Miami looked is enough to tip the scales, Miami will be number one. That's what Trent said. Well, yeah, and because I agree. they didn't, they were one of the only teams right now ranked that high that didn't have a cupcake right in this past week. Well, Wisconsin didn't. No, Wisconsin proved themselves and they're going to be in the playoff anyway. Whoa, so. whoa, 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 whoa. We're talking about things that you know. So you well, can right, Chris, wild speculation. Since, Chris, we'll since get to that you, in a second. Since you created this whole segment, things that you know, what do you know? I know that the ACC champ is in. Boom. I know that beyond any shadow of a doubt. Whether it's Clemson or whether it's Miami, mm-hmm. they're in. Yep. Brandon, you see how this works? Yes. Okay. Give me one thing that you know. I know Oklahoma's in. How, about how, can, how can you know Oklahoma's in? They have to win the championship game. If Oklahoma loses the championship game, they are not in. So you don't know that. You see how this works? So you don't – if you don't know, now you know. No, is this is that the theme song for this? Yes. Trent, try this again. Okay. Something that you know beyond any shadow of a doubt. Beyond any shadow of a yeah. doubt. I know for beyond any shadow of any doubt, no matter what happens, short of an apocalypse, the ACC champ is in the playoff. Okay. I agree. Oh, boom. And I think that's going to be Miami of Florida. But this is the one thing I know for sure. Like I said, before the season even started, the undefeated 
Wisconsin Badgers will be in the playoff. Okay, I think I get this game. And you folks at Trent, home, Trent, these guys don't understand the rules. Of I this think game. I got it now, Chris. No. I okay, think I got it. Can go I get ahead. another shot of this? Okay, I think Trent. By the by the way, when you talk about Miami, if you ever say Miami of Florida when you're talking about the playoffs, <laughs> if you feel like you have to make that distinction again, you're kicked out. Go Red but, Hawks. There will be a Big Ten team in the playoffs. Wow. We just glossed right past the SEC and went to the Big Ten. I don't know if I know that the Big Ten is going to be represented. I think they are. I know for certain the ACC will be represented by one team and one team only. I also, in my mind, know that the SEC will be represented by one team and one team only. Mm -hmm. Now, what's going to happen the rest of the way? There's a lot of assumptions. But I, I, you guys, we didn't talk about this coming in. But we just did that blind. The things that are coming out of your mouths are indicative of why the conversation with the talking heads nationally is so convoluted and so busted. It's really simple. There are going to be five Power Five champions. Four of those five are getting in, period. Trent, has anybody ever told you that you're stupid in a nicer way than Chris just told us? <laughs> no, because no, I mean, no, I understand. Yeah, no. that's like, all. He, he kind of did it that. with a smile. He was like, "Y'all, you and everybody else, you two and everybody else, don't know what they're talking about." But I'm here to tell you: what are the odds of Wisconsin and or Ohio State not making it into the playoffs? If Wisconsin beats Ohio State, they're in. Period. You don't think a two-loss Ohio State winning the Big Ten championship there are, gets in? There are some factors out there. So if it comes like- down, let's say for the sake of argument that USC and Ohio State went out. Ohio State's resume is not that strong, and they got a little bit too much love from the committee last year. Well, that's going to happen every year. And you're cutting out the West Coast without a real – Good justification. Well, so I think USC could get in if they went out over Ohio State. I think it's a toss-up. Well, and it also depends on how they look in those games. If Ohio State goes and hangs fifty on Wisconsin, and USC squeaks by whomever they're playing in the uh, what do you not like about Ohio State's schedule? Well, the two oh, best games on the schedule were he's, he's setting you up. Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm setting you up State. right now because I'm looking at their schedule right he's now. Set them up, and they lost both games. <laughs> well, you I'm know, not. I'm not here to say that we, Ohio State deserves to get in by both, any stretch of the imagination. Both you and I called the Iowa game. We were like, "Watch out for Iowa." It was a trap. You can go back to the tape. We both called it out. There are only losses, other losses to Oklahoma, and, and I just beat. said they lost to Penn State. I meant they meant Iowa, but the Penn State lost. No, or the Penn State win, not yeah. a great win. But it, they, they were still number two at the time. Yeah, I I got it. And and you look at the body of work, Ohio State, they've got to get past Michigan, who's a fringe top 25 team. Then they have to beat Wisconsin, who will be third or fourth in the country. So if they do it, yeah, they've put in work. So and who, I wouldn't say that it would be a bad choice. My heart, I'll be pulling for them the whole way. But it's going to be hard for them to get a nod over USC. If they beat Michigan, who probably won't be ranked after this year, that's true. they'll drop a 
five spots. Well, and once you're out of the twenty top twenty five, it doesn't much matter. Yeah, you just kind of disappear you off do. there in space, like yeah, you, you just you don't exist. For off a while. the edge of the planet, you're gone. See, but but you, Ohio State's loss to Oklahoma looks a heck of a lot better than the drumming that Notre Dame put on USC. Yeah, agreed. So that I to me that gives them a little bit of the edge over USC. Okay, so that may be it. Let's 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 roll this back just a little bit. Does everybody here agree that the ACC champ is in? Yes. yes. Everybody agrees the SEC champ is in, regardless of whether it's Georgia, Alabama, or Auburn. Yes. With the way things have played out, is there anybody who wants to make a case for two ACC teams or two SEC teams getting in? So we're agreed, finally. It took six weeks, but we agree that it's one team only from the SEC, one team only from the ACC. Because they're going to have to play each other. And So that team that loses gets eliminated in my mind. Well, no, I'm not willing to concede. I'm not willing to concede. You really still think there's two two ACC teams? By field goal or less, I think they got a shot. I think they got a shot. Another question I want to ask you. Let's get off of that because I'm just going to make you mad. No, I'm not talking get about mad. it. Who do you like? Two lost teams, Auburn or Ohio State, better. I got to go with Ohio State. Yeah, I mean just, Auburn does have the one real quality win at Georgia mm-hmm. or against Georgia. They were at home. Um, from the eye test, I like Ohio State better. Ohio State in the Oklahoma game, Oklahoma got them on the ropes, all the momentum. Oklahoma played a great game. The Iowa game was a trap game. Outside of those games, Ohio State's looked really, really good. And Michigan State game, 48-3. Let's not forget how bad, if, if we're going and looking at the entire body of work, I think if Auburn played Clemson for another three weeks, I'm not sure they could score more than about 21 points. Let's not forget how bad that Auburn offense looked mm-hmm. all that time ago. Yep. So I'm with a two-loss team, I, I like Ohio State. However, if that two-loss Auburn team is the SEC champs, they're in, period. Well, more importantly, the committee will prefer Ohio State, right? To Don't Auburn? You? Yes. Dude, you're talking about the second or third largest alumni base in the country? You better believe it, brother. What do you think, Trent? You're studying something over there. I don't know. I See, but I have to go to a hypothetical that hasn't happened yet. I right. mean, to me, yes, Ohio State right now, I think, looks better than Auburn, but they still have to play Alabama. And right. And if they even come close or if they upset, obviously if they upset Alabama, I think Ohio State's done for compared to those two teams. Well, I want to I I say something here, and I'm going to go on the record. And and I know it's funny because Brandon by the way your been, mom's here. So if here. you're going to say and something, her head on the is about to explode so. because I'm saying that Ohio State isn't the best team in the country. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now, and I believe this in my heart of hearts. I think Alabama is going to beat Auburn by thirty this weekend. Hmm. Alabama is that team that you kind of just don't know. You see them with the eye test, but you're kind of like it's like those Facebook videos that I'm so you know, enamored with with the two different type of dangerous animals when they fight each other. You don't really know what's how it's going to go down. And Alabama <laughs> almost lost to, like, a, I don't know, a tarantula or something in Mississippi uh, State last week. But then they handled business against Mercer, and that's 
creates another conversation. Yeah, wait, did, did you just like give them credit for handling business at Mercer? No, that was a conversation. By the way, today marks the first day that Mike and Mike is not on the air. So something just doesn't feel right. Um, cause I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I steal some of their topics for the show. What? <laughs> Today's show is just horrible. Um, no, you know why it doesn't This one feel or right? that one? What are you talking about? <laughs> Bears. Whatever they got playing now, I, it's, I can't even listen to it. Well, it's, it's going to be Wingo and uh, Golick here. It is going to be Wingo. It's not. It feels bad because we're not in Bristol right now doing our first show for ESPN All in right. the morning. That's why it feels Can you imagine what kind of damage we could do with that oh, guest buddy. list? No offense to any guest we've ever had on. At that time, but if I could get if I had Darius Rucker on speed dial and Gosh. Hootie oh. could I come on in any time. I would never have to sing because we could have the legit guys Trip. doing this crap. Well, no, now that you've said that, you got to sing some Hootie and the Blowfish. Go for it. There's gotta <laughs> Just be- let her cry. Like the tears fall down in rain, Brock Osweiler can't win another game. And if the Broncos lose <laughs> tomorrow, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Why? Let stop, go. Stop, Why? Stop, that is stop. straight perfection no, right there, man. That was awful. Don't do that. So, do we like with the fourteen playoff? Do we like this conversation, or do you guys want to open it up to eight? Because it's what we've been talking no. about. So no. we keep it to four, and it's it more four. fun to talk about, and then you feel like we get the four best teams, right? you got to be really careful because if you keep expanding it, you start to look like the U.S. Men's Basketball National Championship Tournament. You know, you get 64 teams in there, and very often it's not the best team in the country wins. Look at Villanova a couple years ago. And I know you're going to say, well, the refs won that game. Look at all well, the, the Duke championships. See, there, there we go. We're being silly. But – my point is is that a team gets hot at the right time. They make a run into the tournament, and anything can happen. That's not what we want here in college football. Right. If you want to expand it, you got five Power Five conferences. Cool. Expand it to five teams. Make the fourth team play in against the fifth team, and then you have your, your final four playoff. You could, I guess, go one more at a sixth team for an at-large so that Notre Dame can get in until you just tell Notre Dame, look, you want in? Cool. Join the ACC. It's that simple. But we overthink this. And you know what? The NCAA, we look at it and we're like, man, make this perfect. And the NCAA is like, then you don't have anything to talk about. Chris, if you had eight teams right now starting at number eight, you would say Ohio State, Georgia, Auburn, Wisconsin, Clemson, Oklahoma, Miami, and Alabama. I might say that, and we'll talk about those on the other side of the break. You're listening on WDCC and WBLZ. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. This is, I don't know, our our attempt to replace Mike and Mike, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, if they're listening keep, to From the Cheap Seats. If they keep dropping like flies over there, brother, we might have a shot. Hey, I, I tell you what, I don't know. I don't want to go over there, man. I, we'll mess around and get fired. 
So, Trent, before the break, you said the top eight teams, if we were to expand it to eight, please read for me again the current top eight that you propose would be in the playoff. So, yeah, the AP top 25. Number eight, Ohio State. Then Georgia, Auburn, Wisconsin, Clemson, Oklahoma, Miami, and Alabama. Okay. If that was the eight teams, man, I would be, whoo, that would be amazing. That would be amazing if we did it this week. But why do we need to do that? Wisconsin and Ohio State are about to play one another. Mm -hmm. So they're playing off. One of them is going to go forward and one of them is not. Auburn, Georgia, and Alabama, there's two games between those three teams. They're playing off to get in there. But I kind of see Trent's point because number what? nine. Go go ahead. I'm sorry. Dude. <laughs> am I going to have to have your mom? I'm, I'm going to am I get your mom in here to spank you? Dude. For acting up. Give him a timeout. Let me tell you something. I understand the spirit of Trent's Point because right after number eight, it goes Notre Dame, TCU, USC. The only one outside of the top eight that could potentially even be in, I think, maybe, maybe, Penn State. UCF hasn't played. They played Lee Senior and Southern and Southern over here in town. They haven't played anybody, so okay. they got no gripes. All right. So, so that's what a, Chris is saying, though, after this week or in two weeks – some of those teams that are in the top eight right now may fall off where we see a TCU, we see a Notre Dame, we may see a Penn State that doesn't deserve. But if it finishes like this, that would be a heck of a play. So is this kind of part of the playoffs? Yes. What, what's going on right now? Absolutely. 100, 1,000%. And I don't know why we can't wrap our heads around that. So Wisconsin and Ohio State are going to play in two weeks. And you take this final eight and you seed them one through eight, you really want Ohio State and Wisconsin to play again? You've got to – here's why college football is great. Every win is huge. Every week matters. If Ohio State and Wisconsin, if the game doesn't matter and both teams are going to get into the final eight anyway, you've just taken all of the value away from – the Big Ten Championship game. Likewise for the SEC. But you know what I think trips everybody up? It's kind of the square peg, round hole. You got power five power – what is it? Power five. Power five and four playoff spots. So some conference is going to feel like they've been jilted. And that's Always. why – go ahead, Well, and, and here's the other thing, and we talked about this a little bit in the break. If Alabama loses to Auburn – Yes. And Auburn wins the SEC championship. They have two losses. Yes. Alabama has one loss. So? And then you have Ohio State beat Wisconsin with two losses. Yep. I, I, You know, your mom's going to hate me here. (laughs) But I think Alabama gets in above Ohio State. It's not going to happen. They're not going to take two SEC teams. Nick Saban, no holding calls. They get in. Watch. If it's they, not going to happen. It's I'm, probably not going to I'm going to tell but. you that if they lose the SEC championship, regardless of what happens along the way, I don't think, I honestly do not believe that two teams from one conference are going to get in. I think that there may be a year where something crazy happens and a, a three-loss Miami team comes out of their half of the ACC and lucks up and beats Auburn or West Virginia 
you know, three or four losses, lucks up and wins because it's happened in conference championships before. Well, I'm on, but you know how pro ACC I am. The, that Florida State team, the Jameis Winston, Kelvin Benjamin team, yeah, they probably didn't deserve to be able to win that national championship because they kind of cruised through that season. Everybody was talking about, you know, I mean, me calling out those two stars, you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but I don't know that they were that good. You win, you have to win two games in the playoff. It's already happened before is what I'm trying to say. It's maybe not the best team won. Well, they definitely cruised through the season, and they won some games late. They were they were like the cardiac kids. Mm-hmm. Right. But they won the ACC. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, the only the only non-conference champion to get in since we put the format this way was Ohio State last year. And you have to take that in context. Penn State last year didn't beat anybody and was a two-loss team. And then Ohio State, you know, later in the season, because that Penn State loss was early, and then they were perfect the rest of the way. So it just sort of aligned. I still, to this day, disagree with Ohio State having gotten the nod over Penn State. And you've had Baylor and... I'm, I'm just looking at your mom going, I don't agree, Ohio State should always Why be in the playoffs. Why are you playoff. sucking up, dude? She's, <laughs> that's, man, look. That's what I'm here to do, man. <laughs> no, it's not. You're allowed to agree with me when I'm right. And I'm right here. Well, I really believe that. I think you're right that it's going to kind of handle itself anyway. And it does. And that's why, you know, Trent reads the final eight. Well, when you look at the final eight, there's it's going to handle itself. We're, we're trying to make this into something it's not. And like I said before, the NCAA looks at it, and this would be real easy to just say, yeah, your conference champs, this is how it's going to work. But they want people talking about it. And they want teams like Notre Dame to still feel like, and all that alumni base to feel like they've still got a shot at this thing. You said, well, you've got five power five conferences, four slots. That's so that they can sort of police themselves and if somebody lucks up into a conference championship okay. and isn't worthy of being in the in the final four, they can cut them out. Let me ask you a, a question I think might be interesting. It's kind of a two-parter. If Oklahoma State, who lost this past weekend, beats Oklahoma, can they play each other in the playoff? I don't know a lot about their playoff. No, nobody the, knows a lot about no, their, their conference champion. Yeah. That nobody knows the much about their conference. I know Oklahoma is in. Who still has a shot in the Big 12? Because they're not playing With from separate divisions. Oklahoma, they're Oklahoma, taking the top two teams. Who's the other team that's in? TCU. Well, they TCU beat TCU. Is TCU. In? No, 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 no. They beat TCU two weeks ago. So they're out, out. But right now it would be Oklahoma playing TCU in their conference championship. Okay. So let me just switch gears. TCU beats Oklahoma. Big 12's out, right? It depends on what happens with the Pac-12. If, if USC runs the table... And Oklahoma doesn't win the Pac-12 or the the Big 12. I would say that USC would be in. USC well, only has one the, game left, or a one-loss Alabama team. No, I don't. <laughs> think you're gonna get, I don't think you're going to have a situation where two SEC teams get in. I just don't. Well, you know how we sh- you started the show by saying, "What's the one thing that you know about yes. the playoffs?" I know if the Big 12 doesn't get in again this year for the third what third straight year. They're going to set the Big 12 on fire. I okay. know that place is going to burn the whole conference. So for down. nearly half an hour, we've been at this. And and I think you guys understand what I'm getting at. I'm going to try this again. 
And I want you to seriously tell me one thing that you know about the playoff picture. And I'm going to start this again the same way I did. The, the ACC champ is in. Brandon. SEC champ is in. Okay. ACC champ and SEC champ are in. Kaplan, what do you got? And you teleported in, by the way. Yeah, I don't even know how you got it. <laughs> you didn't even get an intro. Yeah. Trent, hook him up with some intro music real quick. <laughs> Come on, Trent. <laughs> okay. What about Johnny Cash? I broke his spirit, man. He's usually just on there, and yeah. I cut him off. Go ahead. We had Johnny Cash last week. Yeah, Who's you only had Hootie. Only one one voice in there. Go ahead. Okay. What, what, am, what are you asking me? I'm ACC asking champ, you, yeah, cool. I'm no, no, with no. that. SEC champ, cool. Anywhere you want to go with this. Tell me something you know. For certain, beyond any shadow of a doubt, about the playoff, Carolina. the ACC champ and the SEC champ are <laughs> yeah. in. Tell well, me one. Tell me what's the what, next what, thing you well, know? Well, I'll tell you this. I agree with you that everything's going to kind of wash itself out. Yep. But I also disagree with you that if you you can't parallel eight people in the football if you if you went to eight to sixty four in basketball because there's a lot of garbage getting into basketball. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. So I don't think they're the same thing. And, and I think it would still – I think out of those eight teams, I agree with Trent. Who cares who they are in two weeks? Everybody could say, okay, yeah, I can understand that they're a national championship. I don't think it's – I think it will still be a body of work thing. I do not think it will be somebody got hot at the right moment. And you got to get hot at the right moment when you're, fin- when you're playing one game at the end of the year. You better play that one well. So 25 minutes, and Dave still can't – doesn't understand the rules of the game. Trent. No, your game's broken, man. <laughs> no, my game's it's the busted. Best. The one thing that I 100% guarantee that I know about the college football playoff is now I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the second thing. I'm going to tell you the second thing I know. I said ACC champ is in. Brandon said SEC champ is in. If a team other than USC wins the Pac-12 – the Pac-12 is out. The Carolina Tar Heels are not in. You do know that for true. Yeah. For, for certain. Well, we could we could go on forever if we're going to no. use the Tar Heels aren't in. That's, <laughs> that's a legitimate. I'd really like to do that, by the way. Right. We get accused of hating on Duke. I don't know where that comes from because I the, don't care I think about the, UNC I, and Duke. I think there will be one team standing in January. <laughs> no, I think you're, you're the best. Well, the obvious thing is – the Big Ten champ is in because the way it's looking, it's either Wisconsin, Ohio State. So the Big Ten champ is in. That's the one thing I know Boom. for sure. That's what I was waiting on somebody right. else to say well, because I, I agree. Yeah. I do think the Big Ten champ is going to get in. I happen to think it's going to be Ohio State, not Wisconsin. And so I think that there's going to be a lot of hoopla. I think so out of the up. Power Five, the Pac-12's in deep trouble, and USC only has one game left. I don't see – I think the Big 12 will get in, but the Pac-12 won't. Well, if Oklahoma wins out, that's another thing that I know. If Oklahoma wins out, they're in. Right. Okay. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think Pac-12 is irrelevant. If we assume that Oklahoma's in and that they're going to win out and they're playing good football, even though Baker Mayfield is a butt. Mm, Yeah. And we'll talk about that later on Is he still your Heisman candidate? We'll talk I, about that later. He might have, you know, that mouth of his is going to run himself right. out of there. He got a lot of Johnny Manziel in him. Um, we'll we'll get with that. I want to analyze let's, that. All let's together. tear up the league together, brother. Yeah. Me, you, and the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> That's what I hope happens to Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I hope he goes to Cleveland. It'd be perfect pick for for be Cleveland. Awesome. It'll be awesome. And you know what? He'll fall down the draft board, and they'll trade back up and give up future <laughs> yeah. picks to get him. Yeah, that's that's how Absolutely. it's going to go down. 
So, all right, we agree the ACC champ, SEC champ is in. If Oklahoma wins out, they're in. If those three things happen, if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten, they're 100% lock. If it's Ohio State, it's going to come down to Ohio State versus the Pac-12 champ. That's where we're at. Notre Dame, see ya. I don't think I can wrap my head around two teams from a single conference getting in, but we'll see. If you're running the uh, thing, the whole operation over at Notre Dame, if they don't get in this year because of lack of a championship game, you change that this year, after this year, right? I, if I was Notre Dame, I'd have joined the Big Ten 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm gonna get we'll that, see that you on the me. other side. You're listening on WDCC and WBLZ or the podcast. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Chris Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Man, I tell you what, as hyped as it was the first half hour, that intro, somebody's going to come off the top rope by the end of the second. Yeah. Sure. Right? I'm 100% sure. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and Diamond Dave Kaplan hanging out. We've been talking about college football. I need to take a little respite first. So my mom arrived in town for the Thanksgiving holiday last yes. night. She's hanging out in the engine room room with Slep Rock. And... Um, I hope I'm, I got it. I put it in her ear. I asked her if he takes that jacket off to sneak out of there with it. So she yeah. showed up and she showed up with gifts. We had like Christmas early last night, and it's not like we do that traditionally. I think she was just uh, not feeling like wrapping presents. She had a bunch of stuff in her trunk. It's like, yeah, go get that stuff out. So there are a couple things I want to talk about. And Trent, you'll appreciate this, Brandon. You'll hate it. I'm rocking the red. Joey Votto jersey that my mom hooked me up with for Christmas. I'm rocking it in honor of Joey Votto getting hosed mm-hmm. with the MVP announcement. Because Giancarlo Stanton and those home runs, that's the only thing he does well on a baseball field. I didn't think Joey Votto was going to win the MVP this year. But to be that close and be fifth, fifth, Fifth. On two writers' ballots? Yeah. Dude, there are not four better players in baseball, let alone the National League, than Joey Votto. He got hosed. One, two, three, four. And Fifth. I'm mad. Well, see, this is what I think, and this is what happened all over America, is one of the biggest baseball fans I know turned to me and go, wow, I didn't know Joey Votto had such a good year. Yeah. Dude. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't, believe, I can't believe I didn't know about it either. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's more believable. And but yeah, and this guy knows everything about baseball. Is an insane Mets fan, but he's like, yeah, I didn't know he had such a great year. I'm like, yeah, he's a beast. I'd like to see him, this guy that you're talking about, debate Chris because that's like the unstoppable force against the unmovable object. I'd like to see those two animals fight. Well, so which, to be, what, what animals would we be? What would that guy be? That'd be your choice. Because I'd be a honey badger. Honey well, badger? I'm would, a honey badger. He would probably be a cobra. A honey badger on a cobra? I got this, dude. Dude, honey badger? That's like a appetizer. Like a cobra? <laughs> That'd be nothing for a honey badger, bro. So I got this jersey, and, and then with the announcement, I was like, got to rock this. So... I'm very casual today. What people at home don't see, and Dave, you screwed it up because we rolled up today, and I'm rocking the Reds jersey. Brandon rolls up in his brand new Hurricanes jersey. It's red, by the Scott way. Scott Darling, Scott son. Darling. I, I got it last night. We beat the Islanders. We're moving up the Met, uh, Metropolitan, and uh, I started a one-game winning streak. Wearing a Scott Darling jersey in which we win the game, and he does not even see the ice. Because <laughs> Cam played last night. There you go. You know hockey's like the biggest for, for superstitions. you got to wear that now. I'm not taking it off. This is like going to get the full Tim Copas leather jacket treatment. Wow. Never coming off. Well, speaking of jackets, though, I walk in the studio. I've already seen you walking up with your red jersey on. And I come in, and I'm like, well, Trent, you didn't get the, the memo. Well, yes, he did because he's rocking a red collared polo this morning. It's red. It's, it's burgundy. burgundy. Red. That's, that's burgundy. That's no, this is like NC Cabernet. State, and that's like Texas A and M. It's a completely different animal. You're I mean, closely. it's still in the same color wheel area, though. But to yeah. continue on on this theme of gifts, my mom knows me and and buys the best gifts ever. So. What I have here in front of you is not a gift. This is something that I actually left at her house. This is an 06 program for the Bengals-Steelers playoff game in 06. One of the saddest days of my life. Legit. That's the game where Carson Palmer got his knee blown out and the Bengals dropped after making the playoffs for the first time in a million years. Still say, had Palmer been healthy, they would have won the Super Bowl that year. But I digress. Well, no, and, that's and I'm, I'm coming around. I'm coming around to it. You're not gonna. You're not gonna make Bengals jokes on me this morning. Well, I'm, I happen. just count things in like. I'm not. That's so. That's <laughs> no, so not. old. That that piece that magazine right now is so old. I count things in like years in championships. So that was two Carolina championships ago. Here we go. And it almost was three because we won one in 05, right? Yes. 05, 05 and 09. 09. Anyway, go ahead with your point. I'll pass my train of thought. <laughs> okay, so she shows up. She's got the jersey. I'm loving it. Yeah, it's tight. She also brought some stuff for the studio. She listens oh, nice. to every show. She knows how we've got the, 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 the studio adorned with sports gear memorabilia. Oh, yeah. So she brings in a poster from the 2004 Liberty Bowl up in Memphis. Then signed by Bobby Petrino and Dan Hawkins, the two coaches. It was Louisville and, and Boise State. So I'm like, that's really cool. Then she breaks out a pennant that she got from some random guy who's like, oh, you're a sports person? Yeah, I got this thing. That's pretty. So it's signed. But then the coup de grace. She pulls out an oversized Ziploc freezer bag 
of sports cards. Mm. Baseball, football, yeah. basketball, hockey, NASCAR. And it's this gigantic bag. And I break it out. And I'm like, I hope you didn't pay a whole lot for this because these are pretty beat up. And I don't know if you guys know, I own hundreds of thousands of, of cards. But I'm always like a little kid in the candy store when I get new cards. So I'm going through this stuff. And she paid a few bucks for it at a yard sale. And, you know, talked the lady down and, you know, whatever. <laughs> of course she did. But she brings this big bag of cards. So I've got them spread out. And Brandon knows I have the biggest island in my kitchen <laughs> anywhere. It's covered with cards. And I'm, I'm doing my little His thing. island in his kitchen should be it's so big it should be surrounded by water. <laughs> it's huge. So I get through this and I'm thinking, man, you know, there's some cool stuff in here. And there's a, you know, I got a 93 Barry Larkin in there. Oh. You know, there, there's some cool stuff. But then I hit the jackpot. Uh-oh. And Brandon, this is going to go. I think I'm actually going to have this card matted to be put on display. I can mat it because it's not worth a whole lot of cash. I've already seen the colors. So this, what I have here in front of me, I pulled last night. And this makes the whole thing worthwhile. I hadn't thought about this guy in a long time. But this is a 93-94 Sacramento Kings rookie. Bobby Hurley. Nice. Upper deck. Pre-motorcycle. Loving that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm putting that. I'm going to actually have this put into a little display case and put up there. I don't know why I was so – I was, like, so tickled by that. I'm like, yeah, Bobby Hurley rookie. (laughs) Well, no, man. That's awesome. But now you and I are feeling closer to the Duke program because of why. Okay. So we went this weekend, and Brandon and I – People that know us know that our favorite saying is, our lives are dope. We do dope stuff. That's right. That's not exactly how we say it. That's not exactly how we say it. But on radio, that's how we have to say it. That's right. So we don't get fined. So we went to judge at the Wind Pigs Fly Barbecue Festival in Fayetteville, which is run. It's a huge, it's an enormous fundraiser. It is. For communities and schools down in Fayetteville. We were invited down to judge the barbecue competition. Now, I have judged many food competitions in my life, chili in particular. I've done dozens of chili festivals. Um, In fact, I judged chili out at STI. Daryl Parker, you guys, thanks for inviting me. I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you. Yeah, thank you guys. Awesome operation. I'm not kidding, bro. (laughs) That was legit one of the coolest things I've ever done. Wow. Okay. Well, and they also, you know, they had me out. I I judged chili for them. It It was a good time. So we were invited to this Wind Pigs Fly Festival. And we're out there, and there are, I don't know, 15, 16, 20 judges, whatever. And we're all getting to know one another. And it's Fayetteville, so there's a lot of retired soldiers. There's retired generals, Apache pilots, special forces folks. I was like, I'm intimidated. I was, you know, I I did some cool stuff in the Army, but I don't really want to talk about it right now. <laughs> well, how do you think I felt? No, well, yeah. yeah. I, I was in Boy Scouts. <laughs> so I, I think at one point somebody somebody asked Brandon, so uh, what did you, did you serve in the Army? Well, no, sir. Why not? My brother did, though. Back <laughs> off, bro. <laughs> so anyway, we're there and we're getting settled in. And they're breaking it down to us that basically you guys are going to be required to eat like 47 pounds of barbecue today. Mm. And I'm hyped. But in walks the last member of our table. And it's none other than Robert Bricky, Former shooting guard for Duke University. <laughs> One of the most prolific dunkers. Oh, yeah. In NCAA history. And 
Brandon immediately sees the guy, and I hear it out of I'm, I'm talking to somebody else. And somebody, hey, that's Robert Bricky, and it registers, and I'm like, Robert Bricky, what? He legitimately was one of my favorite players when I was in high school. He graduated from Duke the same year I graduated from high school. <clears throat> Goodness. He is a cool dude, though. He is the nicest guy ever. Mm-hmm. Brandon would... put in a call to the Duke admissions office to try to go back and go into a master's program at Duke. That's how cool this guy was. He's a cool dude, man. He came and sat right by me. I had Tar Heel gear on. He patted me on the back. And he goes, "It's going. It's going to be okay. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to help you with your street cred out here." I went from being the number one basketball player at that table to a close <laughs> two. <laughs> but we hung out. We hung out with yep. Robert. And you know, somehow, sometimes these athletes, you know, they might be too cool for school. Robert Bricky is the most down to earth, cool guy. Yes, indeed. he's going to be in studio at some point. Yes. Or at least that's what he promised. Yeah. us, right. He, you know, we were we were sort of padding around because we were hanging out, you know, and we didn't want to like, hey, come on the show or whatever. And he's like, hey, y'all want to play golf or something? You yeah, hang <laughs> out, cool dude, coolest guy ever. So Robert Bricky, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna send him this show just so he can Did, see, and then he may not ever call us back again. Yeah, right, right. Did he know us barbecue? Oh God, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like us. You know, before the end of it, they were like, well, how many of y'all want to do this again? And we were like, dude. What? Well, in the Man, table, the, our judges' table was so cool because they had three different tables. So we're like, who wants to put the band back together for next year? And everybody's like, oh, well, we love this table. Yeah, one of the guys flew in from Boston just to judge this barbecue contest. He had been asked if he would do it, and he's like, yeah, I'll fly down for that. And flew in all the way from Boston to come see the bar- and sit, one lady, sit barbecue wow. for three hours. <laughs> and one man, lady, his arms are tired. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Whoa. And, the, you know, the, the North Carolina Teacher of the Year was there. And she was like, hey, how, how are you doing, Brandon? I'm the North Carolina Teacher of the Year. And I was like, yeah, 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 Robert Bricky. <laughs> <laughs> Go educate some Wait kids. And, <laughs> who was the Teacher of the Year? Uh, who was, What was her name? I don't know. Robert Bricky was there, dude. I don't, was the, exactly. Lisa Godwin? I don't know. She was the teacher of the year last year, Lisa Godwin, and she was from Sanford, but she lives down in. I think I was going to get beer when when you did that. I don't remember the teacher of the year. Everybody was kind of asking, what do you do? What do you do? Why are you here? That kind of thing. And she was was really sweet, and I didn't actually do that. But in my head, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Robert Burke is here. We need to go talk to him. No, we had a good time. It was a great time. It was a great event. It was huge. It was enormous. They had 18 barbecue teams from all over the country that came in. And what we were asked to do was judge six entries in each category. We started with chicken, then we did ribs, then we did pulled pork, then we did brisket, and then we did whole hog. You're talking um, about a meat coma. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. Woof. And I'm going to say, i got to give Chris props. Was your invite? No, uh, you well, where's, our, where's our... You I still got some, some at the house. Over, because when it was done, first of all, it with each with each entry, you didn't necessarily eat the whole entry. Because right. you're talking about six by five, that's 30 you know, samples of barbecue to eat. And they're giving you, like with the whole hog, they're giving you like three different cuts. And right. the brisket, they're giving you a couple different cuts. And I got to give Chris props. He invites me to cool stuff all the time. But this dude has never invited me to anything... That I haven't gotten a piece of paper or something with the letters VIP on it. <laughs> this dude rolls like a straight baller. We were treated. We gave. We were given the VIP treatment, right? Yeah. 
You're, I mean, it was look, it was awesome. Uh, we appreciate the 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 invitation and the opportunity. I'm down to do this every year until I die <laughs> of a meat induced heart attack. Last, but I'm, the, the so you barbecue. got two or three more years left in you. <laughs> easy, <laughs> easy, three or four. All right, you're listening on WDCC WBLZ. We got one more segment for WDCC after the, after the break. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Crystal Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back from the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Trent Nichols, and Diamond Dave Cap. I forgot to call you Professor, didn't I? How no. could I do that? That's Professor right. Trent Nichols, Diamond Dave Kaplan. And for those of you on WDCC, follow us on over to the podcast. You can find it in the iTunes store. It's from the Cheap Seats. We want to hear from you guys. So send us out an email at cheapseats.com. Radio at gmail.com. That's cheap seat radio at gmail.com. If we read your message on the air, we'll send you a t shirt. Is that fair? So, and don't forget the most important part about that. And I have to keep reminding you that Professor Trent Nichols will read it on the air. And based on the strength of your email, will determine what voice he reads it in. So, you definitely don't want to be like, you either want to be like Johnny Cash, so that's a strong email, right? Yeah. You don't want to be like Goofy from like you know Disney World or something like that. So send us some strong emails. All right, we extended that offer last week, and I got a couple of messages. My favorite is from Jay in Atlanta, and Trent is analyzing. I hit it. I hit him cold. I love doing that to him. So he's looking at it, and this is a this is a UNC fan. That lives in Atlanta. He loves the Yankees, UNC, and the Cowboys like no other. Now, the Cowboys, here's what I want to talk about while while Trent is getting ready for that. Is Tyron Smith the MVP of the league? Because the Dallas Cowboys, with this circus they've got going on at left tackle, 
is a completely different team. And I look at it and I'm like, well, Zeke Elliott didn't play. Yeah, but yeah. they've been okay without Zeke before. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott yesterday put up a negative point and a half in fantasy <laughs> in my league and looked like he had no business in the league. That's the difference that one premium offensive lineman can make. Oh, yeah. It, it was something like six sacks on the season. And in the last two games, he's been sacked eight times. And then the prior games, he's been sacked six times on the whole year. That Cowboy team is a disaster. And I don't know if if Tyron Smith comes back next week or this week because he's he, they're right. set to play on Thursday. They're Thanksgiving team now. I love that Jerry – Manipulated that. <laughs> and this was Dallas it, team. You two hanging out with Zeke Elliott made well, that, that happen. Well, that see, that's what I'm saying. That. This Dallas team hasn't been the same since Jerry Jones did our voiceover work. <laughs> seems like as soon as he got here, they started going downhill. Is that. I'm, I'm not willing to take ownership of that. I'm not willing. I'm not, I'm not going to be responsible for Dallas. But, Trent, are you ready? Yeah, I think I'm all right. All right, so Jay in Atlanta, you've got a T-shirt coming your way. I don't know what accent this dude is about to pull out of his bag, but here goes Jay in Atlanta. Do you want to do it? Do, hit us. Who, who are we hearing? Who are we? No, hearing? no, 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 no. We got to figure it out. Okay, that'll okay, make it even better. The next time you talking cowboys on your show, refer to Chaz Green by his new name, the Matador. <laughs> He's not letting any defensive ends touch him. He lets them crush, Doc. Dude, no Tyron this week means again Philly is beating us down. And he was correct. And I, I'm going to go with Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. I don't know. Who, who was the accent? What was that? I don't know, but I'm, I'm turned on right now. <laughs> that, that, my friend, is my special. Spaniard accent. A Spaniard. Yeah, okay. I would, probably, I probably need my Matador hat to. Make I, I get it. Kind of All right. a it's French, a Spanish a French Spaniard, maybe. French, yeah, it's a Spanish a Matador. French-y. I get it yeah, now. To bring golf into the program, I was going to say Miguel Angel Jimenez. Jimenez. Good pull, bro. But and Jay hit it on the head. They couldn't defend. They couldn't block. Couldn't block the run. Couldn't block the pass. And Dallas got dismantled. On national TV last night, the man, the matador said "Ole" <laughs> and let Dak get crushed. It was, it was a tilt. <laughs> it was certainly two different halves of football, wasn't it? Yeah, wow. I went to bed. It was Philly. nine to seven. Philly, dude, who Destroy saw this coming? Him. And here's the thing: we we asked this question last week. Who would have thought Philly and New Orleans would be your two top contenders in the NFC? And yesterday. In, at the end of the third quarter in the game I was watching, and I was I think I was actually watching at the time, Jacksonville and uh, Cleveland, Blake, Blake Bortles is horrible, by the way. <laughs> and if Jacksonville had anybody playing quarterback, they'd be the best team in football. I'm just going to say that. And I figured, I figured out exactly who that voice was. It's the character Jean Garrard. From Talladega Nights. No, yes, yes. <laughs> that's exactly who it is. <laughs> that is him. Yeah, I'm with it. Well, good thing I've never seen that movie, or I'd have to. What? What? Dude, Dude. Dude. Gotta watch that one. Yeah. Come on, man. We got we got we got to set up. A I got a question here. about You've the... never seen Talladega Nights, dude. I had a cat named Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I'm for real, the coolest cat ever. 
I'm going to cry Ricky talking about it because he died young of a heart attack. I don't know. My favorite character was serious. He really did. Was he, yeah, it was a barbecue. Yeah. He ate too much brisket. Question about the second half of that football game. Because I was like Trent. I went to bed. It was 9-7. to seven. Did they kick an extra point in the second half? No. Because that was crazy. Why Why did they not carry more than one kicker? Uh, it's only got 53 guys. I man. know. I, but, but anyway, I was impressed with the kickoffs by the linebacker. That was pretty impressive. It was pretty impressive. And, they, yeah, they went for two on everything, and they went for it on fourth down uh, when they were in field goal range once. But Philly, dude, Carson Wentz, I'm a believer. Wow, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. 100% on board. Top five. And that whole team, they are using running backs like I think the future of the running back position will be. And that's by committee, but it's it's guys that are in specific roles. And when you look at Philly and you look at New Orleans – they're doing it exactly mm-hmm. the same way. All of us thought Mark Ingram was a bust. Mm. And now Mark Ingram, I mean, good night. Every week you turn it on and he's got to cut another couple TVs, uh, TDs. And Alvin, it, do you say Kamara or Camara? Kamara sounds cool. Kamara. Kamara. How do you say it in your cool. accent? Yeah, the accent is say, come on. It's Kamara. I, okay. I oh, okay. A little Kamara. emphasis on the but see, big These guys, for the Saints, man. though, their defense, they lost their best pass rusher. He uh, snapped his Achilles and out for the year. Alex Okafer. Doesn't matter. Drew Brees, Ingram, Kamara. Yeah, it's exciting. And what I was getting at, it was third quarter. It got into the fourth quarter, and I'm looking. I'm like, damn. Washington put it on them. You know, maybe this is the beginning of the end. And then in the last six minutes, they come back, tie the game, go to overtime, win this thing. Washington helped them out a lot. Yeah, they did. (laughs) But Kirk Cousins, for – Three quarters of that game was looking like y'all better give me my money, right? Oh, you know, Washington's <laughs> the only team in the league that doesn't believe in this guy. Yep. And then it just kind of imploded, man. Fell apart. And the Skins look like one of those teams that just haven't figured out how to win when it matters the most. And maybe there is something to be said for that winning culture because Washington's been bad for a really, really long time. Mm. Dan Snyder, worst owner in professional sports, maybe I don't know. They're just mediocre. You know, they're always mediocre. They're never really bad. Of course, that NFC East is always wacky. It is. It's just always been a weird division, like where they just beat the heck out of each other. Philly is running away with it now. You're talking about Wentz. Is Wentz top five in the league? Is he broken that me. Tell me four or five better quarterbacks than Carson Wentz right now Brady. Brady. Boom. Who else? Who am I, I mean, thinking of? We better? said it a few weeks ago. I think he's right there in the future as these guys, Brady's and Rodgers and Breeze, go away. You're looking at Deshaun Watson and Carson yeah. Wentz right there, one, two. And, and we've been asking the question, hey, in fact, one of our shows is titled NCA, Where Are Our Quarterbacks? You've got Brady, who can't do it for that much longer. You know. Yeah, oh, I got it. Interesting. Or maybe you can. Interesting thing. He's thrown for more than 300 yards in three continents. That's pretty. That's well, pretty not three continents, but three different countries. That's pretty cool. This year, cool. two continents. Yeah, and you could check have kept, that out. You could have left it with continents. We can, we're not smart, <laughs> okay, smart enough okay. to figure it out. Mexico is in the same continent as <laughs> as we are. So. It is in the Americas. But if if you looked at it going into this season, from the outside looking in, first of all, Aaron Rodgers would be yep. ahead of him. Yep. Right. I think that coming into this season, you would have said Roethlisberger was ahead of him. In fact, I'm certain that you yeah. would have. Now, 
Not anymore. Not so sure. Mm-mm. Roethlisberger, the Steelers are getting it done with smoke and mirrors, but I don't think you can say that Ben Roethlisberger is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz at this point. Andrew Luck. We've talked about Andrew Luck for a month now, and I, I've said on the air, I don't know that Andrew Luck is ever going to play professional football again. He may come back, he may not, but they've got issues with that shoulder. Trent, talk a little bit about what's going on with that arm. So I guess two years ago, Andrew Luck had a shoulder issue, a torn something in his a meniscus or whatever. Well, him playing on it so long has built up so much scar tissue that he can't throw the way now that they've repaired it. He's getting hurt every time because he th- changed the way that he was throwing the ball. So he's got to go back and try to work the way that he was supposed to, his, his, you know, his technique, and it's not working. It's keeping the shoulder sore. Well, we'll see if he ever makes it back. Um, the Colts are just bad. But you look across the spectrum at Matt Ryan and, and this next class of quarterbacks be, below Brady, I think at this point Carson Wentz is right smack dab in the middle of that conversation. You got Golf doing his thing down in the – Yeah, but Golf, I mean, only manages to put up a touchdown. He's got to do a little bit more. We'll see you on the other side. If you've been listening on WDCC, follow us to the worldwide interwebs and listen to the podcast. Ole! You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. All right, welcome back to the second hour of From the Cheap Seats. I'm Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and no more Diamond Dave Kaplan. So he came in, fluttered in here, fluttered out, and managed not to sprinkle any golf on us. I don't, I don't he kind of does. He comes in here and does what he wants. He right? does. He, he kind of just and goes. busts up in. He's like that. You know, have you ever had a outside dog before? I'm a total inside dog guy now. It's like back in the day we had outside dogs. There was that one dog that you had would just go and be away for like two weeks and then show up, be like, "Hey, I'm hungry." Yeah, can you can you <laughs> hook up hook a brother up a bone? Yeah, and you are an inside dog person for sure. And your your boxer Cooper is um, he has a superpower. Okay, I've never in my life seen a dog <laughs> that can shed like this. Trent, this dog is a short haired boxer mm-hmm. and. If you pet him, handfuls of hair just rain everywhere. It's wow. unbelievable. And it doesn't stop. If you pet him three times, you'll get three handfuls of hair. If you pet him for half an hour, it just continues to go like well, rain. Chris it's will the come most over. amazing thing in the world. Chris will come over and I'm like, <laughs> I get my, I just got my house clean. And I have dark hardwood floors. And it picks up all this fuzz. He's constantly shooting everywhere. 
And I keep complaining, and Chris is like, man, it's not that big of a deal. And he and Nedge came over, and he pet my dog once, and he was like, dang! <laughs> like, all this hair came floating <laughs> off my dog. How he's got any fur left, I do not know. It just regenerates. Uh, it's a ma- it's magic. I it's swear it is. Death, taxes, and my dog's fur <laughs> <laughs> happening. So before the break, we were we were talking about Carson Wentz and his place in the current pantheon of, of quarterbacks in the NFL, and we went in looking for a list that we can compare this to. And found the list from Business Insider. This is from week six. Is yeah, that correct? We're going to go back, actually. Let's go, go to in May. All right. Post yeah, let's draft. Post draft. Okay. We'll see what they're saying, the list. So do we go top to bottom? Yeah. So sure. number one in May ranked was Tom Brady. We can All agree right. with that, yep. right? All right. Number two is Matt Ryan. All right. Number Coming three, off the heels of, of a Super Bowl appearance. Number three was uh, – Double A Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, A Ron. Derek Carr would be number four. Well, I think he's slipped a little bit. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yep. he's out. That what's what's going on with Oakland, man? I mean, Oakland was a sexy pick. We were talking about that with Tampa Bay last week. Tampa Bay with, you know, their their HBO appearance and all the rest of that. Maybe, you know, Jameis Winston finally gets it. Well, Jameis Winston couldn't do anything. Now they've won two weeks in a row without Jameis Winston. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I think there were a lot of people, you know, Tampa Bay and Oakland were sort of equal sexy picks yep. to win their conferences. And that Oakland team's awful. Yeah. I, what's going on? Any any idea? That's that's your area of expertise out there in the AFC West. Well, I think the, uh, the car injury kind of rattled them. But I think Jack Del Rio, the way he is as a coach – you know, I, I don't know if with all the pressure that they had as the team that could beat New England, go to the Super Bowl this year, I don't know if he's the right guy to keep that fire amongst them. Here's, you add a Marshawn Lynch to the mix, hey, which is a me, big personality, and he hasn't done anything. He's winded after every time you hand off to him. Well, two things about what you just said there. First of all, Jack Del Rio was the head coach in Jacksonville forever. Yeah. And they were perpetually, we were talking about it earlier, mediocre. Mm-hmm. You know, always hovering around eight and eight, couldn't do this. I, I don't know that Jack Del Rio's got much more than that in him. Now we haven't talked about anthems and kneeling in a while. Did you guys see what went down with Marshawn Lynch? <laughs> I didn't see it, but I saw our president of the United States. Well, that's how I learned Look, about it, Mr. Trump. We went let and me railed, and 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 if you want to go back, go check tape. You can listen. We're not going to turn this into a big thing. I can support the right of these guys to demonstrate. You're on foreign soil, you better stand your ass up. Mm. And for him to have stood during the Mexican national anthem and not for the for the American anthem, the NFL better get a handle on this. They better get a handle on it right now. Because this is this is going to translate into real harm to the brand. Right. And that right there, dude, if you don't believe that, Ask the Dixie Chicks. Yep. If you want to talk trash at home, that's one thing. Don't take that stuff overseas. And the Dixie Chicks are not even a thing anymore. Bad idea. And the NFL better get a handle on it right now. Right now. And how are you going to have a group named the Dixie Chicks and talk trash about your country? Because not only are you like in the U.S., but you're trying to appeal to the Deep South. 
Brother, you just don't do stuff like that. You don't go over to Paris or wherever they were and start talking trash. They were trash in London when they London. did. London, yeah. But um, but regardless, that was the thing. It's one thing, you know, handle the stuff. I and I, and it's kind of funny to think of America in those terms. But us handling our issues and arguing about it—that's one thing. Yeah, go ahead and stand and listen. I got nothing against Mexico. But there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on down there, right? Right. We have right? murders and stuff here. Mexico times 10 billion yes. of that, right? Yes. And you're going to stand for their anthem and then come back and not stand for, like, and I don't feel like I'm being a homer here. I've been to different countries. You've been all, you've been to all of the countries. <laughs> you've well-traveled, Trent, I believe. Dude. You just don't do that. Like, you just cannot. And by the way, before I get, I forget about it, we had a bet on this uh, Tampa Bay well, no, Miami game. I know game. I was going to bring it up. So, who won that bet? I can't even remember. It's so, been that long ago. The deal was, I said Miami and Jay Cutler would beat oh, Tampa Bay. Oh, technicality. Yeah. So, we had to push it off to week 11. So, congratulations, gentlemen. You? We're eating wings. I you, forgot. Oh, yeah. Oh. Don't you love my memory? I forgot all about it. But, yeah, they enjoy. were supposed to play week one. They pushed it into this week. And, yeah, when are we getting our grub? That's it's really up to you guys. I might just follow you to work today. Me too. So, Some yeah, wings. I forgot all about that. Yeah. So, in the in – the, uh, and we'll get back to the list here in a second. But in the Miami-Tampa Bay game, Jay Cutler sustained a air quotes – Concussion. Mm-hmm. Look, <laughs> I'm I've about played to... a lot of sports. I've watched even more sports. I've done play-by-play at Keller for sports. That might have been the least extreme blow to the head I've ever seen that caused anything anybody <laughs> called a concussion. He's like, hold up. I got my $10 million. We yep. suck. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Jared <laughs> Cutler's done. He's many, not coming back. How many games are left? Percussion protocol for all of them. Well, and Cutler. here's the thing: Matt Moore came in. The offense looks more dynamic with Matt Moore in yeah. there anyway. We got about. I think six the Jay weeks. Cutler experiment is over. Yes, and I think it's over for good. He has. It's funny because he went on the record this week and said, "Yeah, I'd consider playing down the road." Yeah, unless I, I have a concussion. Going to let you steal their money next year? Nope. They, this ship has sailed. So Matt Moore, I think, is your guy the rest of the way. I think Cutler, Cutler bailed. He bounced. Somebody's going to be out there to defend him. If Dave Shabazz was in here, he certainly would. Well, he's a tough guy. He's all been with multiple systems. Never got a fair chance. You got to do a better Dave David Shabazz. He's you like, oh, you know, no, we... <laughs> you got to give him a break. It's That's Jay all. Cutler. He's not better than right system. But it it doesn't matter. My Cubs won the World Series. No, let Brandon do it. Because <laughs> uh, you know. I play a judge on Law and Order. What the hell? <laughs> what do you want from me? How about those Snickers, Mr. Shabazz? <laughs> David, I love you, brother. Dude, we were. I was uh, at one point during uh, our our festival on Saturday. I was actually looking for a spit bucket. I was like, Dude. and they actually covered that. That it's okay for the judges if they don't want to swallow it. They can like pull it out of their mouth. I'm like, you out of your mind, dude. See, Chris is a chiseled veteran when it comes to tasting uh, contests. This is my very first one. I was straight up scared, man. Because they were going, don't eat too much. Don't eat too much. And so I was taking little baby nibble uh, nibbles off of it. And um, 
my man Robert Brickey was kind of doing the same thing. Everybody had their to-go plates. Mine was pretty full. I did not eat that much. I was intimidated. I wasn't intimidated. And I thought when we got ready to leave, Brandon was having some stomach issues. I was like, oh, man. Whew. And and there were some porto potties out there. And I was like, no, I need a real bathroom. <laughs> so we get back on the ride home. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm feeling good. I may not eat the rest of the day or even maybe into tomorrow because I'm, man, it was a lot of food. But we get, I drop him off. I get to the house. I roll home. And the house is empty. My wife is out running around. And I sit down and it hit me. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, I've got to sleep. And I took the longest, deepest nap ever <laughs> and got up and milled around for a while, watched some college football, and went to bed earlier than I ever go to bed and slept like a baby. I so I, did I don't similar. need any sleep aid. I've just figured out when I'm really, really, really overtired and I can't go to sleep. I just need to go to a barbecue buffet somewhere and just gorge myself. So there all you, you have to do to get some sleep is eat some chicken, some brisket, some ribs, that yeah. whole list. Six portions of each. Hmm. No, nah, I mean, I had a similar – I took a nap, and I don't nap. Chris do knows I? I do not nap. I'm like chugging along, chugging along. I had to take a nap. So I took what I would call a power nap, and I woke up, and I, it was like, this is Saturday, right? I woke up and I was like, I think it's Friday. <laughs> I was that messed up by this food. But yeah. it was it was good, man. So back to your list. You still have it pulled up? Yep. So we got I want to make sure I'm I'm straight on this. We had Brady, Ryan, A Aaron. A A Ron. Double A Rogers. Double A Ron. Derek Carr was Derek where Carr. we left off. Drew Brees comes in at number five. All right. Then Ben Roethlisberger. Then you have Dak Prescott. No. Nope. Ole, number seven. Russell Wilson at number eight. Andrew Luck was number nine. This is back in May. Then you have uh, Mr. Winston, Uber's favorite uh, contestant. Yikes. <laughs> Kirk Cousins was number 11. Cam Newton at 12. Matthew Stafford, 13, Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Palmer, Phillip Rivers, Joe Flacco at 18, Carson Wentz, number 19. 19. All right, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of Followed by this. Andy Dalton at number 20. <laughs> well, I'll put Dalton about 37 on that list. So I'm going to tell you, here's, here's I'm kind of compiling. There's no science to this. I'm going to take Brady 1. I'm going to take... Stafford two. Hey, Aaron, you talking about active? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna include him even though he's injured. So I'm gonna take Brady, Rogers, Stafford, Wentz. That's me. What about you? Where you got him? I kind of like him at fourth too. Okay, Trent. Yeah, I think right now Brady, Rogers, Ryan. I go Ryan before because he's more of a winner. Okay, and then uh, Carson Wentz. Did you Maybe. just say he's more of a winner? Is that what you just said? Matt Ryan's won more than Matthew Stafford. Oh, I thought you were talking about in relation to somebody that's really won something. No. <laughs> so, hey. so do you guys agree that Jared Goff should have been number 32 behind Cody Kessler? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Or know, Josh the, McDown? The, the, the reason. Who, where's that list from? 
Fox Sports. Dude, come on, man. That's clickbait. That's the real news. That's hey, clickbait. Do you think Wentz is playing so well because he's in a non-racist system? Dude, how did the whole – where was Tyrod Taylor on your list, by the way? So, to give this context for anybody that doesn't know, Brandon, what happened last week with Tyrod Taylor? So, I haven't really been following him that closely, but just to give you the Cliff Notes version. 23rd. 23rd. To give you the Cliff Notes version, Tyrod Taylor feels that he didn't get a fair shake and that the system was not meant for him and that there may be some, and I want to say, air quotes, not quote, I'm paraphrasing. He thinks the system's racist. What system? The Bills system, the NFL system, the America Bills, system. The what Bills system? system. They're they're trying to put him into a stand-up, non-mobile quarterback type system. Therefore, he is not succeeding. Well, wasn't he winning games and they're in the playoff picture? Yeah. So he, how is he not winning? Look, I'm gonna tell you what happened. Because I didn't. The front office, <laughs> for whatever reason. Well, I'll let you know. You got to come back on the other side, and I'll tell you what the Bills front office was doing. I don't know if I can figure out why, just the what. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, so during the break, Ken Britton graced us with his present. Presents. And, and I must, I, I, I have to come up with the proper title because you and I went into this, this iteration of the dodgeball tournament as the reigning champs. Yep. And... In the semifinals, I got knocked out. What was the big noticeable change in on your team this year? Um, I wasn't there. Another setup question. <laughs> I wasn't See, there. I'm not 100% sure why you want to come in and broadcast the fact that for our event, True that. you were like, I'm, I can't. I can't. Dude, I was in what soccer purgatory nah, that day. He, I was. That's that. You know, it's sort of like the Cutler phantom concussion. That's what happened. You were like, "Oh yeah, I gotta find something to do. I can't. I can't." I made an appearance. I just yeah, couldn't play. He was there for about fifteen minutes. But yeah, the Dodge Fathers, led by Ken Britton, awesome name, won the tournament, and he's here to collect his spoils. Well, because you know, I have his steins in my. In my trunk. Earlier, you mentioned that we have dope lives and we do dope things. And yes. that's kind of our slogan. Yes. We have just cool, dope people walk into the studio all the time. Ken Britton is one of those people. Like, we had Kaplan just walked in. I'm like, daggone, man, this celebrity list that we have that just stop in, checking things out. This is where the Regions A list comes to hang out. 
And they do it on Monday mornings. They're just like, yeah, we'll just roll by. A-listers. Nothing but A-listers here. Nothing but. Open invitation. Except Slep Rocky. I don't know. He's definitely high on the B-list. I don't know if he's (laughs) A-list. Man, you're so mean to, to uh, Tim, man. No wonder he Dude, after, runs after away. the way it went down through the first segment this morning, he gets everything he deserves. Hopefully, you guys don't even know at home how many issues we have at the first segment. So, it's all good. So, we're talking about NFL quarterbacks, and we're talking about Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor intimated that the Bills system was racist because it wouldn't allow him to do his thing, use his wheels. And I'm going to tell you what happened. What happened is somebody in the front office decided that they had found the next Tom Brady late in the draft and told Sean McDermott, Nathan Peterman's going to be the quarterback the rest of the way. And I'm sure at that time, Sean McDermott was like, guys, I see this dude in practice every day, and he's really kind of sorry. I think we need to stick with Tyrod there. And the front office said, you know, Sean, we – Write your checks. We pay you. We write your checks. So uh, we're not going to tell you you have to, but we're going to suggest that Nathan Peterman start this coming week. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because Nathan Peterman's like six foot six. I don't know. But then <laughs> Nathan Peterman comes on to the football field. Peterman. And puts up one of the most horrifically bad performances anybody's ever seen. And throws five picks in his first, what, 14 passes? Mm -hmm. Is that right, Trey? I believe so. Anyway, so Sean McDermott at that point has to cozy up over next to Tyrod Taylor. Hey, Tyrod, you think you can – Go back in there and play some quarterback. What do you think Tyrod Taylor's response was to that? Do you think he looked at him and was like, "Sure, coach, I'm on, I'm ready"? Nah, he's probably a little bitter, a little think? salty, mm. but he shouldn't be, man. There's what? How many teams in the NFL? Thirty-six. There's thirty-two. Thirty-two. <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to expand the league, but there's thirty-two of the most desirable jobs in the world. How salty can you be if coach tries to cozy up and say, hey, you want to ha- go back to one of the most desirable jobs in existence? No, because Get over yourself. Here's, here, but here's what you're leaving out of this. is Nathan Peter, Peterman didn't helicopter in 15 minutes ago. He's been there with the team through all the camp. He's right. been in there showing himself not equipped to play quarterback in the NFL. And Tyrod Taylor knew – I, everybody on that team knew what was about to go down when Peterman came in there. If you think LaShawn McCoy and the rest of those guys were like, yeah, Peterman's a guy, we're ready, there's no way. They might have just broken that team irreparably. Well, we are talking about this, and back to the original reason we're even talking about it, Tyrod Taylor insinuated that it was the system was racist. Now, you and I talked about it. How can you make that argument with so many awesome African-American quarterbacks playing right now? It's hard to make that argument. However, Nathan Peterman didn't help Buffalo's case because racism is as good as any any excuse I can come up with for why they benched Tyrod Taylor 
to put that disaster in the play quarterback for a team that was in the playoff hunt, technically still is, playing a game they should have won. You know what it is, racist, though? And they got their doors blown off. You know what it is, racist, though? What's that? Five interceptions. That's racist and sexist. He was, well, and he, bigoted in every possible conceivable way. Five picks and a half. Dude. But, dude, we talked about it 15 years ago, the whole system thing, yes. Have the race discussion. You know, well, but, without a doubt. If you Tyrod Taylor needs to sit down with Warren Moon. Warren Moon, not alone, couldn't be a starter. Wasn't even allowed in the league. Right. And had to go to the CFL and win. How many Grey Cups did he win, Trent? Three? Five? Three. It was I a bunch. Was three. Before he could finally get his his crack into the NFL, after having clearly been the best quarterback in the country when he was at Washington, yep. has to go to Canada to play because people are like, yeah, black guy can't play quarterback. Come on, dude. Come on, We're man. way beyond that. And like you said, some of the most iconic sports figures, quarterbacks, it, we're and beyond the, that as, the, an, as an institution. But then you had to scratch your head and be like, well, why else did Buffalo put Peterman in? But also, like, I think you do more harm. Like, if you're if you're sincere about the cause in terms of race and stuff, when you do stuff like this, people eye roll. You know, people are like, oh, my God, if, you, if that's racist. And I think some of the better points they have about, you know, the league – you know, with the kneeling that's going on right now, it kind of, to me, loses a little value. Maybe not loses value, but do you understand where I'm going with this? I understand like it, completely, and I'm joking when I say, well, maybe it's racism to cause Buffalo to do it, because I don't believe that. These teams want to win. Yeah. Some of them have a better idea how to win than others, but I do think it devalues legitimate social ills or bigotry or whatever the case might be when a guy who's making a gazillion dollars and has been a starting quarterback for years. Well, I think Ken Britton he didn't thinks just, – He didn't just get the nod the other day. Tyrod Taylor's been up there not getting it done for a long time. Well, Ken Britton, who's been pretty quiet since he's come in here, I'm going to need to say something in the microphone. Sure. He thinks it's racist that he didn't get his championship mugs for oh, about no. three or four months. It could be. could be. Because I can't think of a better excuse there either. So, I, I agree with you 100%. I think that it devalues legitimate things that need to have a light shined on them. When a guy who's mad because he lost his starting job, warranted or not, invokes racism. I do think it's counterproductive. I think it was a little irresponsible. I think he would be well served to take the high road as we go down the next couple of weeks, whether he's going to be the starter immediately or not. And here's the thing. I don't think I saw anything from Peterman – that should threaten Tyrod Taylor as the starting quarterback down the road. Because if he goes out there and replicates that a couple of times, I mean, they don't have any choice but come back right. to him. Tyrod Taylor probably should have bounced out of Buffalo when he had the opportunity anyhow. Yep. But he's been a 20-something NFL quarterback for a very long time. He's excited to watch. I think he's fun. Um, you, t- you chime in anytime. I mean, I just think that – I. I was perplexed by the move because they're probably having a better season, and it's not a great season, but they were in the playoff hunt. So to take the quarterback and make that change right at that point is so disheartening that I expected them to get blown out because the defense, everybody on that team is like, dude, we're right there in the playoffs. We keep going. We could sneak in. 
and then you make this quarterback move, which really didn't need to be made. No. And everyone's going to be like, well, forget this. I'm I not mean, trying to be funny here. They've got a new ownership group up here, but this smacks of like major leagues. I mean, well, we all thought they were tanking exactly, because they kept doing saying. all that stuff. But now their record's too good. There's plenty of other teams that they're not going to be worse than. Well, they don't necessarily have to be the worst in in football. And I'm I'm being silly, I guess, here because it just can't possibly be true, can it? But you know, you Sammy Watkins is out the door. They're making moves that are kind of bizarre. The the players are even like, what's you know, what are we doing here? Yeah, that's what they're I said. off to a decent start. And now in the middle of it, in the middle of trying to make a playoff run. Now, had Peterman come up there and lit up the world, and you're like, oh, wow. It's obvious to he's push him not over that the top guy. To get in. No. This guy's not anything near NFL ready. And I didn't see anything that would make me believe uh, maybe he will be. The guy looks like he's completely overwhelmed by the speed of the mm-hmm. NFL. So if this legitimately – was the coaching staff that decided, based on what we see, we believe Peterman gives us the best chance to win, the entire coaching staff should be fired. Because their ability to evaluate talent is obviously busted. And they lost the team. They lost the team. Oh, yeah. we said last week on the phone, all you need is Wesley Snipes to come in there and steal home base. That's the kind of tank job we're looking at right now. Yes, sir. Wesley Snipes. I love that movie. (laughs) That's one of those rabbit hole movies that you see on and you're like, oh, my day's shot. Yep, there it goes. I'm done. I'm going to watch that. Wild thing. Warren Moon, by the way, six years in the CFL, won five great cups. I was thinking it was five great cups. Unbelievable. And look at his – that's the crazy part about that is look at his career numbers. Where's he at on the all-time passing list? I mean, I think he's he, top he can't, five. Be, can't be more than five or six above him. Yep. And he lost those years to the CFL. We'll see you on the other side. we got half an hour left. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert. Ken Britton was here, didn't contribute. What's that all about? He just He's sat down. Bashful. He sat down like he owned the place, took a couple of sips of coffee and bounced. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. I got a quick question since your mom's here. I'm going to ask her this. All right. Chris has got a, a really distinct walk. He's got kind of a strut. I don't know. If he's <coughs> been, well, he's your son. You should know that he's doing it. Um, 
If you're like not understanding what I'm talking about, you're not going to be able to answer this question. I want to know when that developed. He wasn't born coming out like this, you know, strutting his strutting his stuff. But at what age do you think that would have developed? Uh, developed military? I don't know. So I don't even know what you're talking about because I don't see myself walk. He so I don't know. So he came home from the military just strutting. <laughs> so the U.S. Army taught this man how to walk. Is that what I'm hearing? Sure. I don't know. It's that, I, it's that music that goes along with it, that uh, Saturday Night Live fever song that he plays out of his back pocket. No time to talk. Fever. You know how to do it. I don't even know the song. I don't. You know that's got a little too much. It. That's a little more. Of a, it's more of a boom, 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 whatever song that is. Yeah, I don't know what song that is either. I, like I an Isaac Hayes, like seventies. Uh, I don't know. I don't whatever. know if I was gonna if I was gonna play something. If I had walk up music that I had to like walk around, Isaac Hayes might be there. That's a cool, dude. Well, he, you remind me of that bit. Have you ever seen the bit that Cedric the Entertainer does about smoking? And it's about how cool he smokes, and it's it's out in the cold. He's stomping his feet, and he's, that's what it reminds. His walk reminds me of whatever that is. All right, hey, all right. So you know, I always have to come up with something goofy here. So. Yeah, I want to talk about the NBA for a little bit. Mm. And and I said a week or two ago, I think Kyrie Irving is your MVP this year. At at this point, now I may have to backtrack on that a little bit because Harden is playing out of his mind. James Harden, we gave him a lot of grief at the end of last season with the way it ended in game six where he just didn't show up. Y'all remember that? Uh-huh. And we clowned. We got like three weeks' worth of punchlines out of that the only, non-performance. The only, person, Harden, the only person that doesn't remember that performance is Harden. Yeah, he wasn't there he was for it. checked out. Yeah, but the thing is, is he going to disappear again? I don't know. Man, they scored almost 100 points the other night. I by know. By halftime. I know. He was out of his mind. And, you know, they put this team together, and I was wrong. I thought, you know, when they're they're giving up too much, you know, Williams and Beverly, I thought there's nothing left. But wrong. Kudos to that Houston front office yeah. for what they've cobbled together. Clint Capella is the best player in the NBA that nobody knows of. They don't even know his name. Mm-hmm. These guys are really doing it. And Paul – just now started playing, man, look out. Because well, if I'm not mistaken, they have the best record in the West. And that Houston team is scary. Harden is absolutely out of his mind right now. And I'm going to have to retract it. Even though that that Boston against Golden State proved that the Celtics are probably for real. They're probably a pretty tough team. Oh. And this is a legit streak that they're on. Houston does worry me. Like, Boston's game plan going into Golden State was we are going to be rougher than you've ever had anybody play against you. We're going to force you to foul us, and we'll just chip away until we... Marcus Smart went 0 from 7 from the field and was plus 18 when he was in the game. So Houston, though, if if they're going to score 100 points at halftime, the Celtics might have a tough time against that if they played them in the finals. I'm not ready to... I'm not ready to, to... Houston the the, Nada over Golden State. But what you're seeing from this Boston team is something you just don't see much of in today's NBA, and that's selfless basketball. 
these guys are out there, and you know, Jason Tatum is the third pick in the draft. He comes in, he's splitting time, and the kid is diving for loose balls. You look at what Smart's doing. You look at what Jalen Brown's doing. These guys are doing the small things, and this isn't a gritty team that's just out efforting everybody, and that's why they're winning. This is a good basketball team that's also doing those things. Bro, there's not too many teams out there that are willing to do that. Now, their propensity and willingness to do it obviously increases when we get into the playoffs. But I really, really, really like this Boston team. I didn't Kyrie realize next they, level. I didn't realize they'd won 15 games in a row. That's crazy. They haven't lost in over a month. And that's something I don't know if y'all believe in um, home court advantage in the NBA. Does that exist? Absolutely. That's why I look at teams like Boston, and you mentioned Houston. They go and beat people in their own house, and that to me is an indicator of a, a strong playoff favorite. Is when you go into somebody else's house, quiet the crowd, and you you just basically make their house yours. Well, and it, it, there's there's a couple things. Does does home court advantage make a difference? Yes, and when you when you get into the playoffs, you can magnify that. You also have to look at the number of games you play. The NBA season is a grind. It's 82 games, and then you get into the playoffs, and those first couple of rounds worth of matchups, they make a big difference. And when you're going in and you've got the eight seed coming in the first round, you can assume you're going to sweep them. Then you've got a favorable matchup in the second round. And by the time you get to the conference finals, you know if you've only played eight or nine games versus a team that's had to really battle to get there, you're fresher, you've got good legs, you, there's less injury risk that somebody's gotten hurt along the way. Cleveland at this point, I think, has put themselves head and shoulders above everybody else in the East. Brandon is going to try to revise history. You talking about uh, Boston, right? Yeah, I meant I said Cleveland. Didn't yeah, you, you Cleveland, did, and I was like, oh, no, wait no, no, a no, minute. no, I don't know what My they're fault. doing. And I'm thinking Kyrie, Cleveland, Boston. He's confusing me. Boston to me is head and shoulders above everybody in the East. Yep. Number two, I'm torn, and the two teams I'm torn between don't include the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. I'm torn between Milwaukee and Washington. Anybody want to take a stab at, at sorting it out for me? Well, one thing I will say before I, we jump into that, Boston is the only team on average that holds – the opposing opposition under 100 points per game. It's something like 94.4 points per game. There's three in the West that have that something similar, like it's the Spurs and a couple of other teams. But I mean, if you're going to hold most NBA teams to under 100 points, you got a really great shot at winning. That and their road record, that's something that puts them way above the whole competition. I guess you don't like the Detroit Pistons in that conversation. No. Okay, so not yet. They're fakers, huh? Not yet. No, no, I'm not. A, I'm not buying on on Detroit yet. Okay, not at all. Washington and who did you Milwaukee. say? Milwaukee. I really like Milwaukee, and and the addition of Bledsoe, mm-hmm. I think, is a perfect addition. You know, Malcolm Brogdon was your was your rookie of the year last year. Malcolm Brogdon to me is serviceable. You add Bledsoe that you can get a legitimate rotation, let Bledsoe play a little too. I really like that. Thon Maker is one of those kids. Came out as a high school kid a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Thon Maker to me is <coughs> legit. And, of course, the Greek freak, 
Giannis is next level. Say his last name. Nope. <laughs> and in February, this is crazy because you know come February and March, people are going to be making additions and trying to come up with things to add to the pie and the rest of that. In February, Jabari Parker comes back. Mm-hmm. And it'll be fresh legs. It, you know They don't need him to come in and save the day. If Milwaukee stays healthy and you get into February and you can throw Parker back into that rotation, look out. Milwaukee's nasty. Nobody's going to want to play him. Washington, to me, though, we said it a week or two ago. I thought they were bananas to pay Otto Porter what they paid him. Yeah. I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong. And Porter's a great three. Kelly Oubre Jr. is there as a four. They've got a legitimate big man who's a difference maker in the post. And what I like about Gortat for them is Gortat doesn't need touches. He's not screaming for the ball. He doesn't need to be involved in the offense. He's there to do the dirty work, and he's there to be a difference maker when people drive to the hole. That's what you want out of a big man in today's NBA. Well, and you Because nobody Jabari. plays with their back to the basket anymore. When you add Jabari, that's 20 points a game, right? That's nothing to sneeze at. It's not. And, and like I said, if you look at it and you look at the potential additions that other teams could make, yeah, DeMarcus Cousins may be on the trade block as a rental. But short of that, I don't know that anybody's being rumored to be moved that's going to have as much impact as Jabari Parker coming back. Mm-hmm. So you take a Milwaukee team already that I've got as my two or three seed in the East and you add that into the mix, they're going to be tough. And they prob- they have Gary Payton Sr., Walking into their locker room, giving them pep talks. <laughs> Just think about that. What's not to like about that? I mean, if you're an NBA team, you put Gary Payton the second on your team just so Daddy just so can Daddy teach Gary Payton. I like it. Well, how's, one of my favorite well, players of all time. I think the sleeper that's only going to keep getting better and is making a little bit of waves is the Philadelphia. I mean, you slide in there as the eight seed, they're going to rumble it up a little bit. I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to do that, but. They're going to continue to grow. Winning a championship in the NBA is a process. Mm -hmm. I think that Philly – I think Philly is a lock to make the postseason this year. Yeah. Which is really going to kind of screw things up because they're accustomed to drafting at the top of the – you know, the top of the NBA draft. I think, first of all, you've got to be worried about Embiid's health. I mean, this is his fourth season in the NBA – and at this point, he's played, what, 45 games? You've played Something more games. Something of that nature. You've played more yeah. games in the NBA. And Embiid is a monster. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, if he manages to stay healthy and you can get a good 10 years out of this guy, will be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. That's how good he is. Whether or not he can stay healthy is another issue. And now, he's got to, right? Because he's on his rookie deal still, right? He is on his rookie deal. So he needs to stay healthy for his money. To get his money. I don't know that it's going to cost him too much just because of the potential. I mean, he's that. What he's showing right now, he may be making his money. Now, I think where we're going to be looking in a year or two is looking at Philly and saying, man, can you imagine how good they'd be if they added Jason Tatum? That's what we said to Robert Bricky this past weekend. We were like, had they passed on Fultz, who you and I were super skeptical about, I think yeah. somebody who has never played anybody, they don't win, and he's an in, kind of injury problem. 
Why do you take if you're watching if you have eyeballs and you watch basketball? How did you not see Jason Tatum not being better than him? I don't know. But and the other piece of this is think about it from a fit standpoint. You've got Jason Tatum running as a three. You take Fultz, and Fultz is stuck behind Ben Simmons. And they say, well, we might move Simmons to the two, whatever the game. Dude, Ben Simmons is a monster. Baller. I had no idea. Coming out of LSU, I thought, this guy's going to be really good, but he doesn't score enough for me. And, you know, there's an expectation comes. you got a guy that's six foot nine. You expect him to be a better shooter. He is a pass-first guy. Ben Simmons is the real deal. So you've got two cornerstone players there in Philadelphia with Embiid and Simmons. And where's Markel Fultz? On the Hurt. bench. And may or may not make it back. He's You start messing with that shoulder, man. That's and let me tell you news. something else, too. It's all up in his noodle, too. Well, like, uh, he, his head's messed up. He's lost his confidence. They're going to turn out – 76ers had a real opportunity not to be just good and fun to watch, but be lights out good had they drafted Tatum. Mm-hmm. But they go with Fultz. Nobody really knows a whole lot about him. I guess he passes the eye test. you know, well, in terms For of- sure, and that's the thing is that his athleticism blew people away right. because he is wildly athletic. Well, there's a lot of athletes in the NBA. Markel Fultz, don't know. Maybe he'll come back and he'll be great. I don't know, but at this point, I'm looking and saying, I'm not going to be surprised if two or three years down the road when Tatum is an all-star, because that's going to happen, that we're not, man, can you be, you know, Philly's good, but what if they had added Tatum? When they're like a perennial six, seven seed. Well, when we were talking over the weekend. Five seed. Yeah. Chris pointed out that this has been Simmons' fourth year in the league, and Robert Berkey was like, what? You kind of forget he's been in the league that long. Well, been on a roster anyway. We got one more segment left. Stay with us. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. I don't know why you played that. Triple-double. He messed around and got a triple-double. I know why. Alonzo Ball. Alonzo, you just changed his name. Uh, what's his name? Lonzo. Yeah. <laughs> I added a name, a, a letter. Lonzo Ball messed around and got another triple-double. It's his second. Does that get him out of hot water? And no. the reason I bring it up. You know what's great? What's that? No, go ahead. Why did you bring it up? The reason I bring it up is now it's getting to the point where this kid's getting a little too much heat. Like, people need to back off. We were talking about Ben Simmons. Wow. We're talking about, He's we're only talking about, saying that because he did it the exact age to the day. 
that LeBron got his second triple-double. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> we ended the last segment talking about Ben Simmons. I had kind of forgotten about Ben Simmons till this year, right? And he's kind of almost shifted from being kind of a like a flop, you know, a bust kind of player for me into a, like Ben Simmons. Well, just in the back of my head. You okay, know? Uh, fair enough. And, you know, he's in year four. Lonzo's been in the league a month. And people won't leave him alone, dude. Like, let him develop a little bit. Ben Simmons didn't – he was hurt a lot, right? Ben Simmons was hurt, yeah. Yeah. So, but that's the problem. Lonzo's not going to be able to fix his shooting. Well, that's it's what we're not, talking about. Guys, we, we can talk about the jump shot, and I'm sure you want to opine. We tried to tell anybody that would listen six months ago, this kid's jump shot is not going to translate uh-huh. to the NBA. It, it's the release point is too low. It's slow developing, and he's moving the ball laterally as he's trying to get this shot off. It was never going to work. How is the leader of the Lakers when there's a little fake scrum, like he says, on the court, just wiping his head and walking away? He's going to lose his teammates too. Lonzo's, I mean, well, he's going to lose his teammates because he's not ever going to be able to check anybody. Mm-mm. He's too slow to hold anybody in the NBA. He has a great basketball IQ. You can see it. He has great peripheral vision. He is a great distributor of the basketball. He's not going to be able to play defense in the NBA, and he's not going to be a scorer in the NBA. Well, he, he might be he, like a double-double guy like Jason Kidd where he's getting you know 11 assists and 10 rebounds. Well, Chris makes the best point about it. I think he made it this weekend that – and there's – you know, I don't know about baseball mechanics, but I play basketball and I'm pretty knowledgeable about the mechanics. The way he sweeps that ball across the body when he laterally, like you said, that makes it almost impossible to get any kind of consistency consistency on your jump shot. Because with the with a jump shot, I know you know, but you want to have the, the least amount of movement. You want to reach into the cookie jar, maybe mm-hmm. that's all you're trying to do on your jump shot. And going from side to side in any way, I know Larry Bird kind of had an unorthodox shot, but there's been one Larry Bird, you know what I mean? It just doesn't happen, and he's got to fix that early in his career if he can. Now, my man Robert Bricky at the the cook-off judging contest this weekend says he can fix that. And Robert's a real basketball guy. I think he yeah, he's been a head coach a couple of different places. And we I, we asked the question, can you reteach this kid how to shoot? And he's like, yeah, if he wants to, absolutely. You can recreate the jump shot. I don't know. In baseball, that's the question. Some pitchers can change their mechanics and they go next level. Other pitchers can't ever change the mechanics because they've been throwing a ball the same way since they were six years old. I don't know. Quarterbacks. See, Maybe. quarterbacks, you can't, I don't think. Quarterbacks can't. I don't know, it's man. hard to And change. that's why we think Luck is not going to be able to come back because he can't change his mechanics back to the way it was before his injury. I'm going to tell you, I, I've never seen a quarterback that threw the football one way and then moved on to have success throwing it a different way. That throwing motion is a natural thing. And, yes, you can teach – them to hold the ball higher. You can do things like that. You can but tweak. You can tweak. You, you can tweak. You can't it. change. But you look at Alex Smith right now, and people are well, what happened with the Chiefs? What happened with the Chiefs? What happened with the Chiefs? Same things happened with the Chiefs is what's happened to Alex Smith every other step of the way. Alex Smith is a premier athlete. 
Alex Smith winds up to throw the football. That's given an extra beat to the guys in coverage to be able to figure out where he's going with it. Randall, Randall Cunningham. Cunningham. Randall Cunningham wound up like unlike any other quarterback I've ever seen, and it's why Randall Cunningham never won a Super Bowl with those great Eagles teams because he was tipping his hand as to where that ball was going. Marino, people talk about Marino and his accuracy and his arm strength. The thing that he had going for him was that quick release, the ability to snap it off. Aaron Rodgers has the same thing. Stafford. Aaron Rodgers – Stafford, his stone, his stuff, it don't even look and like he, his arm goes back. And you the, think all those guys that worked with Tim Tebow, do you think a quarterback can they change their mechanics? Change his mechanics. No. And you're not going to change a Brock. You may not change a Paxton Lynch. The guys with those long releases are never. That's why I don't believe if Lonzo wants to, well, see, is he going to want to well, change his shooting? Though. Here's the difference. And, and I was laying the groundwork, and I think we all agree that quarterbacks throw the ball the way they throw the ball. The difference is, is that the NFL, you're trying to assimilate so much information so quickly, you're going to have to revert back to what instinct is, and you're going to throw a ball the way you mm-hmm. throw a ball. In the NBA, it's a little bit different thing because you're only focused on one thing. Maybe he can change his mechanics. Maybe he can't. I don't know. I don't think I, – I think that Lonzo Ball will, for a long time, have a role – on an NBA roster. But I think this kid's career in terms of impact is going to look a whole lot more like a can't miss like Sharif Abdurrahim or OJ Mayo or one of those guys than it is a Kevin Garnett or LeBron yeah, James. You kinda, yeah, you kind of – Hill. You kind of have to yeah. play Lonzo – Based on your matchup for that night, don't you kind of see him coming off? The, Bro, if if there's any kind of matchup advantage, because the day in day out having to go up against all these point guards, that will never work. All, all the premier point guards have made him look silly. They will, and they will continue. So and there's far, nothing he can do to fix that. Mm-mm. He he does not have the foot speed to check these guys. Westbrook, Lillard, Wall, those guys are going to destroy him. Night in and night out. And then the question is, well, why don't you move them over to cover the two? Oh, my God. The twos are even more athletic. We've talked about it before. Six five, six six shooting guards. Well, they're a dime a dozen. And those guys will fly past you. And if you think it's hard to get that kind of jump shot over a point guard, oh, try a shooting, shooting guard. Never going to happen. So you can try to manage the matchups on both ends of the court. But if he ends up, he's going to be overmatched defensively. On offense, he is big enough, and he's an adept ball handler enough that he's not going to do you any harm there. Yeah. But you just said it. He's not going to shoot over top of these guys. Mm-hmm. And he's having a problem with the point guards now. If it ends up being a two on him, you can cancel Christmas. He'll be a catch-and-shoot guy at best, and he's not shooting accurately enough right now to even be effective that way. No, he's not going to end so, up being a Mike Miller no. or these role Kyle Culver. Those guys have value on teams. You put them in, the Ray Allens of the world. He's not that. Dude, if I, he was a great shooter but he was a little bad on defense, then he could evolve. Sure. But he doesn't have the shooting. Dude, no. I got – Yeah. I, I hate to, like, switch gears on you, but I got some breaking news, guys. And, and it involves you boy, your boys, Trent. Oh. Mike, Mike McCoy, McCoy fired – They've seen enough of that. But I, you're already on top of it, so you already Yeah, Musgrave's taken over. 
Paxton Lynch is going to come in. They're going to like. I now, mean, is I was this part of the Chris, announcement, or are you assuming? No, I'm assuming. Well, everyone is assuming the Paxton Lynch era will start in Denver. And heck, they're in that point right now. Let's evaluate Lynch. If we have nothing with our three quarterbacks, they're going to have a good enough draft pick. They can get one of these guys coming out of college if Elway knows how to pick them. So where do you stand with Paxton Lynch? Do you think he's the future? I liked what I saw, but I haven't seen him in two years. My only thought is if he's going to be the quarterback of the future, how did he lose the quarterback competition to Trevor Simeon this year? Some people aren't practice players. Yeah, but here's some yeah, people are player he players. He could have beat him. He lost two years in a row to Trevor Simeon. He's not going to be and that's the quarterback. What, of the that's future. what I say about quarterbacks all the time: is those guys to have the locker room and be the leader of the team. Carson Lynch should beat be everybody. It should be <laughs> obvious from the day they yep. show up. And, yeah, there may be some mechanical stuff or some things we need to work on or whatever, but the fact that Paxton Lynch hasn't been the guy and that nobody seems to be clamoring for him to be the starter, they're at a point right now where they're like, uh, did King John get this right or did he not? Yeah, but have you ever seen a a basketball team in an airport or a hotel lobby? Mm Mm-hmm. And you look at them, and I call it the lobby or airport test. They look like they're world beaters, and they get out on the court, and they're mud. Some players are just not practice players. Some people just don't practice well, scrimmage well, preseason well. They come out on the field, and it's game time. They're winning games. Well, that's what Trent's saying, though, is that they've got now a 3-7 and after taking that beating at home by the Bengals. First time the Bengals beat them in Denver since 75? Yep, I was negative 2. So now at three and seven, they're not going to make the playoffs. Nope. It's it's a wrap. So you've got six games left. There is no value in starting anybody other than Paxton, Paxton Lynch. Lynch. Yeah. You've got to figure out because this guy, you know, another two years, he's off that rookie deal. You got to make decisions. The quarterback class coming in. What? Three, four quarterbacks, pretty decent, right? Maybe. I mean, we think all of you these never classes know. are. Yeah. You've got Darnold that's probably at the top of the class. Um, Josh Allen from Wyoming. Josh Rosen from UCLA. Uh, I've got questions about Rosen and his head. He seems to be all over the place. Darnold's not ready. Darnold's got the tools. Darnold, his decision-making and reading defenses, he's got a lot of work. Darnold's not a finished product. Um, Josh Allen at Wyoming, I really don't care for. I think he's got a really, really big arm that is going to blow somebody away because he can throw well, the football That's going to be the guy they'll take because John Elway loves them big arms. Well, Josh Allen's got a big arm. Uh, and then after that, you're down into, like, Baker Mayfield zone. Thanks for hanging out. If you made it the whole way, give yourself a gold star. Check us out on social media, at Cheap Seat Radio. We love you guys. You're the best. Peace. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.